Taylor Walker from the Abbey Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GRS Giants. It's Brad Ebert from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Number 20 of the 50 most relevant entering into the teens tomorrow. Number 20 today, GWS Giant. He's a forward, Toby Green. The 50 most relevant is looking at players for Supercoach, Dream Team, and AFL Fantasy in a universal list. And from a salary cap perspective, looking at who I think are among the most relevant players for fantasy coaches in 2019. We'd love to get different people, not just from the coaches panel, but across the fantasy football community, talking about players in the 50 most relevant. And from the draft doctors, you've already heard the statesman, you've already heard Steve. We've now got Jono on. Hello, mate. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Mate, an absolute pleasure. Now, before we get into talking about Toby Green, for those that are draft fans, whether it be Supercoach, Dream Team, AFL Fantasy, Ultimate Footy, however you choose to draft, uh, in just a couple of days' time, about a week's time, uh, you're relaunching a massive product that's a great training ground for coaches when it comes to your draft simulator. Yeah, uh, over the summer, Steve and I have been busting our asses getting the Moxite uh, version 2 up and running. Hopefully, uh, end of January, start of February, so all the uh, people can get out there and start running some mock sites to find out where the players are going to be dropping for their drafts this year. Yeah, it's one of those fantastic tools. There, there is a a free option, and certainly if you want to do multiple mocks, you know, there, there's a there is a price option, but well worth the financial investment. I encourage you to do it to give you that opportunity to try different strategies from different positions, and uh, there, there is so much benefit in doing it. I used it a lot last year, and would encourage you to do the same and check that out. We will certainly um, share the link with you in this bio of the podcast, but also once it is fully live. Uh, we'll let you know about it in full. Uh, let's talk about Toby Green. He's uh, an incredible forward option for us this year. And even though last year was far from a great year for Toby, we were reminded, albeit in one game, about how good a fantasy scorer he, he can be. Uh, it was against the Western Bulldogs, his top score from the year. It was a 118 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. Well, it was 131 in Supercoach. His seasonal average, a little bit pear-shaped. 67 for Fantasy and Dream Team coaches, 72 in Supercoach. And the one positive, I, su- I suppose, of a, a down year, Jono, is for salary cappers is when you have a bad year again i'm getting you to talk off brand for a moment but the one positive is when you have those bad years is you do get that discount and you do get a little bit more value and that's what we're going to get with toby green this year yeah absolutely he only played the nine games uh, in 2018 so he gets a massive discount in the salary cap i think he's just over three hundred and fifty thousand for super coach yep. and maybe just under half a million there for afl fantasy dream team so if you are looking for a mid-price forward, he is uh, right up in that wheelbag right there. Uh, but certainly is a player to pick. Yeah, he is. 434000 is what it's going to set you back in Dream Team. AFL Fantasy is the one where they've decided not to pass on the discount of what he was priced at at 67. They've not done that. And understandable why they've done that. They've done that across so many other players as well, where they, they just try to make it a bit more of a, oh, should I, shouldn't I, rather than the lay down Mazares selection that some believe he can be. And the reason is because outside of last year, which was, we've talked about, a bit of a disaster year, just the one score in the home and away season that was of real fantasy note, which was round one uh, against the Western Bulldogs. He then missed the next couple of games, played Fremantle, got a 90s across the format, played the next week against St Kilda, got a 50-odd, found himself injured, didn't get back into the side till round 17, played four games, 
got himself injured again. It was, it was a little bit of a, a theme for us last year, but sometimes we can forget just how good of an actual footballer and fantasy football scorer he can be. In 2017, in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he averaged 91.4 and got the four scores over the ton mark, and that was from 16 games that season, while in 2016, he managed 21 games, eight AFL Fantasy and Dream Team tons, one score, a huge one that was over 140, an average of 92.7, while in 2016, 10 scores of 100 or more. Three of them were over 120 and an average of 90.4. I think it's probably safe to say, Jono, that when he gets a good run at it with injury, and we'll talk about the the negative of that in, in a moment, but it is pretty safe to say that Toby Green is one of the most consistent 90-plus averaging forwards going around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mid-90s throughout his career with a high of 103 in both formats back in 2014. So shows uh, what his scoring potential really is. And... We see with those small forwards that their score build is reliant on goals mm. and these goals to get the scores. But Toby Green averages around 23 possessions um, a, a game, almost five marks and um, three tackles a game as well as the goals. So he's pushing up outside of the forward 50 there, getting his balls on the wing, and he's also contributing with the ball going back inside 50 to the tall tails of Cameron and Patton there. So he's got a nice, really balanced game for a small forward. Yeah, and a couple of those seasons too included Steve Johnson inside the side, who was more than taking some of those goal opportunities and and attracting another avenue to goal. And and one of the things about Toby is, yes, he can roll through the midfield, and early in his career he's done that, but he's reinvented himself as this incredibly damaging inside forward 50 specialist who is an overhead target as well as a guy that can pick up the ball at the crumb of the pack. He can add that defensive pressure. He really is such a difficult matchup for teams that when the likes of a, a Jeremy Cameron is on his game, even an Adam Tomlinson, we won't see him for a while, but Patton you know, when he, he's rolled through there he's just such a difficult matchup and not many teams have a player that from a defensive perspective can stay with him both in the air and on the ground. No, exactly right, he's got pace to burn, he's a good uh, martial artist when he gets up those <laughs> marks, but I think he's going to be penalised if he does do that this year, so yeah, exactly right. Not many teams have someone who can match up on him, and that's why he can score so well. And and where is priced at? Not so much in AFL Fantasy. It's probably a bit harsh to say it, but in AFL Fantasy, is almost irrelevant. Um, yes, there's some value there, but it's probably not as much as you'd like. If he was priced at, at a 70, uh, then I'm all, all aboard him in AFL Fantasy, whereas I think we've got some really nice discounted options and some value options in AFL Fantasy that I'd probably more look to than him, whereas in Supercoach and, and Dream Team, um, you're talking 350000 it's like yeah. a bit over 100000 to Sam Walsh, and you're getting a known 90s forward candidate. Like, that's top 10 eligible, or right on the ledge of it anyway. And in Dream Team and Fantasy, you've got a guy that, when he's on the park, he's going 90. So that's the real big concern we've got on Toby, isn't it? It's not scoring potential. Um, it's not because he's inside forward 50, he's not going to get enough ball or, or goals. The, the big question mark is, can he stay on the field long enough to make it worth the selection? That's exactly right. It's the durability issue. We, uh, we spoke about it before. One full season um, does raise concerns, but at that price, it's um, it's a big, big uh, due 
juicy meatball right in front of you, isn't it? Yeah, look, and that's the really hard thing is it's that risk versus the reward that so many coaches, not just with Toby Green, but other players that we've talked about in the 50 most relevant and you've talked about um, on the Draft Doctors podcast as well, is there is huge absolute risk that you've got to factor in. But there's a massive reward that if you do look back to what he did in 2015 and 2016, he played 22 and 21 games. And so, yes, the past two years have not been kind to him in terms of his body. But it's not as if these 20-plus game years have not been accomplished for him. And I remember on a Draft Doctors episode, you spoke about last year, and it's something we've spoken about at the coaches panel numerous years, is that while someone's injury history does need to be something we factor in, just because they've got an injury history doesn't mean they're bound to have only 15 games again the year that's coming. No, exactly right. And 25 years old, going to 26, you would think now that he's grown into his body. And the injuries he's got aren't your, your standard, um, standard issue injury, like your hammies and quads and all that. They're just weird uh, type injuries. So if you can get over doing the silly stuff and punching people in uh, nightclubs, then he should be good to go. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, look, there's certainly a suspension concern about him as well as an injury concern, but there is a huge, huge value for coaches and is the reward versus the risk, that is what you've got to weigh up. And I'm probably of the opinion with someone like a Toby Green in salary caps, and we'll talk drafts in a moment. I think with Toby, it's either you start him or you ignore him for the year. The reason being, the potential risk based on history for injury does not get any less because he puts on you know a 93 average over the first eight games there's still that concern that you would have had for his injury so I think with Toby yes there's value anyway but if you don't start with him there's no point going to him because the risk quote-unquote based on history for injury hasn't decreased yeah I totally agree look I've already got him in my super coach uh, classic team yeah so I'm hoping he makes me a couple hundred thousand dollars and then look to upgrade him to someone who's a bit more um, sustainable. And I think that's probably the right way to do it, isn't it? Is You plan with these kind of guys that are injury discounted or or mid-price options. You go, look, I hope they're going to stay there and be that 90 option, but you've got to have that trade kind of in mind going, I'm not going to bank on him as a keeper for the year. I'm going to bank on, I'll hold him for as long as I can, and if I can keep him, great, but I need to plan to trade him at some point. Exactly right, and that's where you follow the break-even and once he gets to that, you know, bang on break even of 90 or 85, that's when you look to flip him over and either get a, a younger rookie in or upgrade it to that uber premium. Yeah, look, from a preseason perspective, he's only really just started to enter back into um, less of a, a really slowly modified program and gradually working his way back into the full program. But everyone um, from the GWS side and, and the coaching staff are very adamant um, he'll be fit and firing throughout the JLT community series and certainly right and ready for round one. The question in my mind is it's either a start or a hard pass. And right now in Supercoach, I've firmly got him locked away. In AFL Fantasy, I think he's priced out of what I'm happy to go after, but certainly there is some value on it. Um, And in Dream Team, I'm really seriously considering it. He's not locked away for me, but if I do choose to go for kind of a a mid-price option in my forward line in Dream Team, I'm really looking at Toby Green. Outside of Supercoach, is he in any of your other formats, mate? Not at the moment, no. I haven't really. I've, I don't exactly the same as you. Locked him for Supercoach, but he's. I've looked for mid prices value in other lines, say in my midfield and defence. I think there's more value in your defence for mid prices this year 
than in your forward line. Yeah, I think you're fair enough too, man. Let's talk about drafts, and that's certainly where you as a part of the draft doctors enter into your specialty. A little bit different probably in terms of Supercoach and AFL Fantasy Dream Team in terms of where he goes. So let's talk Dream Team, AFL Fantasy Ultimate Footy. Where do you rank him, and where do you think he goes in a draft? Well, I've currently got him ranked as a F2, so yep. 11 to 20 range. And if I'm looking to draft him, I'm looking around the fifth to sixth round. Yep. Um, I think that's where he's going to fall. It's totally green. He's got the name. Uh, look, he could even actually slide a little bit more if people um, aren't as savvy as to what he scored in the past and just look at his average from last year, which was 67 AFL Fantasy. So that's well with those people's boards if you are drafting off um, an average. Yeah, and, and Supercoach, do you see him going in a very similar sort of space as well? Is once those top forwards have kind of gone, the Dunkleys, the Menegolas, the McLeans, the Smiths, um, you know, Dangerfield, obviously, do you start to see him in Supercoach as that sort of that next rung down of those big boys? Yeah, exactly right. I've got him F2 in Supercoach as well. Should be around uh, the fifth or sixth round, which I do, where I have ranked him, so... If in the 50s or 60s, I'd be very happy to take him as my F2. Again, there is going to be a slight uh, risk, but if I've drafted well, I've got a decent forward F1 there, so I'm pretty happy to take Toby Green in the fifth round. Yeah, look, and there's some really um, exceptional talent you could get late in the draft as well. So if there is two, three, four, five, six games that you do have to run a a mid-70s sort of forward on the ground, chances are that's probably not going to cost you that many matchups. Whereas a guy that's got the potential, not just average 90, but get you some big 120 sort of scores in the forward line, that's got the potential to win you more matchups than his injury concern could cost you. And that's right. And the thing that Steve and I have found uh, while doing our rankings is that there's more talent in the forward line where you can pick off the waiver wire yeah. that will give you that 85-plus score, which is a score I always look to get off the waiver wire that can average me 85. And look up the history, the matchup history as well. Uh, you can always find more value in the forward line so you can look to get other positions uh, more complete than your forward line there. Yeah, I think so. And then let's talk keeper league. In an established keeper league, it may be the chance right now to go and get a Toby Green. He would have been quite difficult to get out of coaches in an existing keeper league, given he's so young, um, always going to keep that forward status. And if he doesn't, he's moved into the midfield and probably become one of the elite fantasy scoring midfielders. So historically, it could have been hard to get out of a coach. But given the injury interrupted season last year and the fact that he still isn't quite into full training, this is probably one of those windows of time, John O'Wee could probably go to the existing owner and go, how's Toby Green looking as a trade? Oh, exactly right. You throw out an offer, it has to be something decent. Yeah. We know the owner is going to know that you know, he is a 90 averaging forward, so he's going to want something decent in return, but it's definitely um, open for discussion if um, I'm looking to get Toby Green into my team this year, for sure. I, I think so, too. And if you're starting up a brand-new keeper league, uh, he's certainly not going out inside those first probably three or, or four rounds, you know, the top 40 selections or so. But do you have him as a top 50 overall pick in a brand-new keeper league? Or, or does, you know, some of that injury concern maybe drift him out to being, you know, round six, seven, you know, where we're talking in a seasonal league? Is that where he starts to go in a keeper league as well for a new startup? Yeah, definitely. Anything from, I'm going to say, rounds five to eight, that yep. would be probably the right right time where you, you'd be grabbing Toby Green because you do have to weigh up age, um, his average, and his history. So I think that's bang on where he would fall in a startup keeper league. Yeah, I think you're about bang on it too, man. Hey, Johnny from the Draft Doctors, appreciate your help today as we've talked about Toby Green. 
thank you very much for having me and um Looking forward to hearing for the rest of the countdown. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate your support. If you want to go and check out that draft simulator, the mock draft simulator that the guys will have up and running in a couple of days, perhaps if you're listening to this a little bit later on in the preseason, it's already well up and firing. Uh, we've got a link for that in the bio of this podcast. We'll also share that with you across social media. Once that comes out, a great opportunity to to kind of hone your skills for drafters in 2019. If you want to go back and check out any of the players revealed in the 50 most relevant so far. You can do that at coachespanel.tv. You can get early access to this podcast and also some exclusive content and our Patreon. The links are at the website as well. And you can check us out over Spotify and iTunes. And if you haven't already, we'd love you to leave five-star rating and review. We're into the teens of the 50 most relevant and one of my favorite players to talk about of the preseason is in at number 19. 